Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 141, how to open up to others during hard times. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. And it's great to be back with you again for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of game-changing innovation, growth, and success. Now, Pam, there's a lot of conversation going on right now about how much top leaders should be open with others during their hard times, their personal hard times. Now, this could include illness, family issues, any number of other tough things. Big question is whether this kind of personal sharing is a positive way of developing people and processes, or whether it could be perceived as oversharing. Well, I think it depends on how it's done. On the one hand, we just saw an article in the May 2nd, 2018 Wall Street Journal called Now Emoting in the Corner Office, the Oversharing CEO. Wow, what a title. <laughs> yes. And on the other hand, there's the book Option B by Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant, a psychologist at Wharton. And they tell the gut-wrenching story about the sudden death of Sheryl's husband and how she's been coping with the grief. And then they combine it with Adam Grant's research on finding strength in the face of adversity. And together, they come up with guidelines for building our resilience for all types of hardship. And we believe that when we have conversations that are guided by purpose and caring, it can be a way to humanize ourselves and strengthen our communities inside and outside of work. Yes, absolutely. That's why we're delighted to welcome back our colleague and good friend, Judith E. Glazer, who developed the concept of conversational intelligence. Judith is an organizational anthropologist and CEO of Benchmark Communications Incorporated and the chairman of the Creating We Institute. She's the award-winning author of the best-selling books, Creating We and Conversational Intelligence, How Great Leaders Build Trust and Get Extraordinary Results. Judith, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio. Pam and Scott, I have looked forward to talking with you again today. Uh, every session that we do or every, uh, what do you call it, episode that we do it, yes. is, it is fabulous and different. And you have reached so many people well, and you're now well over 100 people that you've interviewed. So I'm in awe of your, um, the great idea because I was early with you. And yes, I see, you were number yeah. three. Yeah. Our third yeah. episode. Yeah. There you go. And here we go. We've grown. And what's interesting about our conversations with you is every time, as you say, something's going on. Now, the last time that we spoke with you, uh, there was a story that went with this. Uh, we recorded our last podcast interview with you on January 17th, and it was mm -hmm. a good conversation. So it came out as a real shock to us when we learned that you had to have emergency brain surgery less than a week later. Now, we're not uh, telling tales outside of what you have allowed us to share, right. uh, but we'd love for you to tell us the story of that. I still am... 
uh, in almost disbelief, but I, I, I shouldn't say that I have to get comfortable with what happened to me. I was actually surprised by the fact that a week after our interview, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor and having been living for two and a half years, uh, well longer than what most of the doctors thought and most of the people that have studied pancreatic cancer have uh, observed, I've, I'm now into my second year. And usually I was told when I was diagnosed with stage four, which is the highest level of pancreatic cancer anybody yeah. could have. Yeah, stage four pancreatic cancer. In disbelief when the doctor came in and and shared that with my kids there. And I said, so what's the implications of that? And he said, well, that means you probably have two weeks, two months or two years to live. Oh and I'm goodness. now heading, I'm now in my third year. So um, it's really a fascinating thing to be here, but it didn't end. I didn't have to have an operation uh, with a pancreatic tumor. We were able to give mm -hmm. me chemo that shrunk it, but stage four means it goes to your lungs as well, which is what it did for me. And yeah. then the surprise, um, being told that I had a, uh, a plum size tumor in my head. And fortunately, it was mm. on the, uh, the right side of my brain, which was the side that is not what they call your heavy-duty intellectual functions, but it's the side that is related to intuition, connection with people, emotions, um, creativity. So it's like the right brain, left brain Right. you know, dialect. and Right. So, Wait a moment, yeah. Judith. I have to just uh, jump in here to say that all of that was going on. And yet during our conversation on the podcast, which mm -hmm. uh, we'll have a link to for people mm -hmm. to listen, you did not sound at all like that was going on. No. I mean, we were totally shocked. And we were, what you're we saying were connecting now. and you were great. So, mm. wow, what a shock. It, thank you for that. And I'm so glad. And I didn't ever feel a pain uh, or anything. And there was edema around the tumor, which meant that um, there was it was trying to protect the rest of my brain from this thing. And anyway, the, the ultimately exciting thing is, and this is, this is talking about conversational intelligence in the most beautiful way. How did we discover it is the key. Yeah. Uh, since I felt nothing and I didn't notice anything changing in my speech. It turns out that during the week after you and I spoke, my husband noticed that I was acting different and my doctor saw it. And the way he described it is he said, your affect has changed. And I said, what is affect related to? And he said, it has to do with your emotional connection to people. He said, you were always so effervescent and excited about everything when we talked. And I noticed something shifted. My family mm -hmm. had a, we had a, a bar mitzvah. So 140 some people were together who knew me uh, when we visited my daughter where the party was. And they notice, start to notice it. And I noticed one thing. I walked over to people to join a group of people I didn't know, and I couldn't get in. It was as though something was separating me and them. And that was part of what the doctor noticed and my husband noticed. Uh, both of them, thank God, spoke up. This is the importance of sharing. And I think you want to talk about being transparent. Absolutely. Yes, we do. Had they not been transparent and talked about this and said, I don't know what this means, but and this is what I'm noticing. The two of them together sat in the office to describe this to me. The very next day, I was in the hospital. Oh, the very next day, I got my, my uh, scan of my head yeah. mm -hmm. with a picture of a tumor. And then the very next day, I was having my operation. That's how fast they moved on this. Wow. The thing that's really remarkable to us, Judith, is that you are freely opening up this very, very personal s story to others. Uh, mm -hmm. You did earlier on, uh, you wrote last December, an article about how you shared your cancer experience with thousands of mm -hmm. coaches who are studying with you, and how 
their love just came pouring into you and, and really helped. The yeah. thing is that illness and, and other hardships sometimes makes people close down instead yep. of opening up. Scott, and, you're so right. And yeah. you've made you've made a, a different decision. You know, what mm -hmm. led you to that? That was such a great question. Um, it, it was the most poignant time in my life. I still have the the picture in my brain. Um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer when I was 11 and a half. Oh my. And she, pa she passed uh, 10 years later, and we had to cancel our wedding, which we ended up having. It was going to be 300 people, and we ended up having a chapel wedding with our family and my best friends. She had these seven cancers, and she couldn't talk about it with her friends. So my parents made this pact that they would just have parties and have friends over and she'd wear her wigs and whatever else so that there was this altered life or second life that wow. they had with each other. That's how she lived through it. And I, I found her crying upstairs one day and I was studying psychology and I thought, I've got to help her break through this. And I said, mom, can we talk? She said, I don't want to talk about it. And she didn't want to share. She didn't want to express her feelings. And I think that that caused her earlier death than what might have been. And at that moment, I said to myself, God forbid, if anything happens to me, I'm going to do it differently. And I did. I decided that I had to share this. And I actually went to psychics and spiritual people and energetic people that do energy healing to get wisdom about this because I didn't have any role model that showed me how to do it. And I went to one woman who said, I'm going to share with you when it happens, but I'm going to reach out to your angels. I mean, if you hear, hear this and think it's, it's not woo-woo, these are the people that have helped me a lot. And she called me at 2.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday, and she said, I got the word. And I said, what do you mean the word? And she said, your spiritual guides told me to tell you to allow. And I said, what does allow mean? And she said, allow people into your life to help support you. Allow wow. them to care for you. Allow them to give you the energy and the... Uh, belief that you're going to be okay. And as soon as I did that, as you said, there were a thousand people in each program that I'm doing now with 75 countries, and they all started to pray and let me know what was happening. And I would then share the results of my chemo and my cancer markers. And my cancer markers, my doctor told me, dropped faster than he had ever seen anyone with the kind of cancer that I have, with any cancer. Um, it went from 600 points down to normal in three wow. months. Hmm. So that I, I now have a record, a scientific record of the impact of healthy conversations on building my immune system to fight with this or to handle cancer in my body. And That's amazing. It's truly yeah. amazing. So certainly it impacted your healing. Uh, what else surprised you about sharing with the community? Did you have preconceived notions at all of what might happen as far as the dynamics would go? No, I didn't have preconceived notions as much as I found myself experiencing certain things that I, I am now putting into a new book. And what I experienced is when I was in conversation with people, my energy went up, my hope for the future expanded, my feeling good about what I was going through and saying, this is a learning experience, just learn what you can. And in other words, being able to reframe stage four pancreatic cancer into lessons that were going to be valuable for me and for the world and really believing that. Mm -hmm. So it was, it's like I was in a movie. I was given these lines and this story to live through, but I was feeling great. And every time the doctor would see me, he said, how are you? And I said, I'm great. He said, you're the only patient that walks in and you're always great. What are you doing? 
how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's true. Well, your purpose and caring really come through. And that's how we started out. When you have those kinds of conversations, it benefits everybody involved. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Judith E. Glazer, CEO of Benchmark Communications and chairman of the Creating We Institute about how to open up to others in hard times. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies and leaders to accelerate to their next level of game-changing innovation and growth. We'd like to welcome our many new listeners, in addition, of course, to our many listeners who've been uh, listening just from the beginning. We're so glad that you're joining us. If you're not already subscribed to our Growth Igniters community, you can get even more by signing up. You'll get reminders of our new episodes along with a link to the new episode page where you can find all kinds of resources related to our conversation. So go today to growthignitersradio.com and click the red sign up now button at the top right of the page. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Judith E. Glazer, author of Conversational Intelligence, about how to open up to others at work and in our other communities during hard times. Judith, how can people find out more about you, your books, and Creating We? Um, We have two websites. One is for the book, which also includes some interviews with me and Uh, other uh, blogs and all sorts of things for people. And that's conversationalintelligence.com. And we have another site called Creating We. And that was, uh, again, one of those great bestsellers, fortunately, that I had and Mm -hmm. has become like the backbone of everything that we do, creatingwe.com. So I invite people to visit us. And if you want to sign up for our newsletters, there's a link to do that. It's always fun to have those kind of chats with new strangers. And also, you can find out more in the resources section for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com and selecting episode 141. We'll have all the other links to Judith's conversations with us. And now we've been talking about how opening up and becoming vulnerable or transparent to others can really help us and them. Mm -hmm. But I imagine that it really matters how it's done, how you do Mm -hmm. it, because there's a difference between sharing and oversharing, between bringing people in and dumping. Yes, exactly. And do we have time for a little story? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, So there is an exact difference. Some people use that time where they're sharing to tell people their whole story, to brag about how good they are, Um, and to take up space. And it's not a conversation. It's not like we're learning together. At that point, those people own that moment of time and space in the conversation. And that is not what people love. We end up walking away and saying, oh, what an ego or what a boaster or things Mm -hmm. like that, right? Yes. Um, Yes, but they may think that they're just being transparent and fun and funny. Um, So the story is that when I, I worked with Angela Arntz, who was the CEO of Burberry, before that, she worked at many companies like Donna Karen, where we first met. I was actually her coach um, many times throughout each one of her company experiences. And when I went to visit with her to launch the uh, leadership program um, and the opportunity for her whole leadership team, there were 129 people that came, or maybe 200 that came from around the world. 
we agreed that we were going to start the meeting with transparency. And the reason is, and Angela believes this wholeheartedly, even the best leaders have challenges getting to where they have gotten. And so with humility, she had her five top people share stories being transparent about challenges in their life, how they had difficulties, how they almost thought they fell down. It's kind of like, um, you know, a a journey story. Mm -hmm. And, And then how they recovered and what they did and how people helped them. So it didn't feel like ego. It felt like getting support from the world around you in a really wonderful way. So there's a difference, a big difference between the braggadocious side of sharing and the um, heart-to-heart side of sharing. Well, how about when you're not bragging, but you're saying, oh, this is so hard for me, this is awful, uh, that can make people feel pretty uncomfortable too. And why do you think so? What What do you think is happening when people are saying it's awful and, and I'm comfortable and I can't do it and... What does it activate? Well, you've talked about framing, mm-hmm. and I know that I've had the experience myself of someone in a work situation uh, at a higher level saying, ah, this is terrible, and we're all in trouble, and and boy, it just made me shut right down. Well, it's oh. framing. It's framing. It goes back, uh, to me, it sounds like labeling, right? Mm-hmm. You're labeling right. the situation. Yeah. Yes, and again, it's if you're a leader and you're talking to your team and all of a sudden your boss, who's the CEO, says, you guys have um, you know, missed the mark for this year's uh, ROI and uh, these things were awful. So you get that horrible feeling that you've yeah. let your boss down or your company down and now you're going in and you're going to beat up your people to share that with them and then get them to be activated to help. And lo and behold, it doesn't work. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what you described. You've activated cortisol. Yeah. For that person, right? So the lower brain, the fear brain, the one that has to be protective of your ego gets activated. And now your brain actually closes down the prefrontal cortex, which is where all your innovative ideas that you were going to be able to access disappears. And while yeah. they're mm-hmm. still, they're sitting there in a trunk locked, right? Yeah. And so, so, so there's a scientific reason for why this happens, neuroscience. Exactly. Uh, But there's also a cultural kind of aspect to this whole thing. In the article in the Wall Street Journal that I was talking about in the first segment, there was one expert who was talking about how people were socialized, I guess. There is one side of uh, thinking that says, well, you're giving away your power if you are letting people in to this extent, that culture of the leader is self-sufficient. I don't, you know, I don't want to give away my power, but that's not the way we think about it. It's not the way you think about it. Let's just talk again about the benefits of finding the courage within ourselves to appropriately share. I'll say appropriately share our story and let others in. Right. So um, here's another story. I was asked to be a speaker uh, at a, uh, a meeting with uh, high net worth individuals. It was put on by Wells Fargo. These were their customers. And we did on stage, three of us, um, about neuroscience of what's going on for people. And the things that you and I talk about um, mm-hmm. were covered. One of the speakers who was the most prominent speaker of any that was on the, uh, the panel or on the stage was very much like this person that was humble that you were talking about. And he amazed and amused everybody in the audience because no one expected with all his heroic things that he'd done, uh, businesses that he started, uh, he worked with um, billionaires 
to change the world of business. And he would talk about the story of how it didn't work and how he tried to recover it. And in some cases didn't, and therefore jumped to this. And so mm-hmm. we got the inner story this of this successful person who was as humble as anybody I've ever heard in my life. And he knew that he didn't want to come out as an ego guy and just rave about his um, the things that he had done. So I mean, was he, does, he trying yeah. to inspire people? I mean, was that the purpose, do you think, of him doing that? Uh, he did inspire people. And I remember sitting there saying, oh, my God, look what I just learned from him. And I learned that there are many mountains I'm going to be climbing in my life, including the one that I'm going through with my health. And I just, some things will work out, some won't. But that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. That means I'm learning and I'm learning something important that helps me get to the next mountain. So it's how we frame it. I think you mentioned that word, how mm-hmm. we frame, right? And talk about- How we frame it. Yeah, how we frame it is everything. And we can change our internal chemistry for taking a long hike, or we can have the hike be experienced as um, something that I'm unable to take on and give up. And it's what motivates us. Absolutely. You know, how do you use those- learning moments to motivate you is so important. Yes. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Judith E. Glazer, CEO of Creating We, about immediately actionable steps you can take to find the best way to open up to others when you're in hard times. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Pam, we've been talking to Judith about the power of transparency and being vulnerable and opening up to others when we are facing hard times and crises. The hard truth is that this can bring huge benefits, but it can also be really hard, as we've been talking about. For many of us, it's all too easy to hide from this truth and let it live as an elephant in the room. And this can be harmful to us and people around us. That's right. That's why we're recommending that our listeners download a Harper report we wrote on taking control of the elephant in the room. This report can spark insights and ideas about tapping into the positive power you can generate both in your business and personal life when you make the decision to start conversations about difficult topics. All right, so go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 141, and request a complimentary copy of the report, How to Take Control of Elephants in the Room. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Judith E. Glazer, author of Conversational Intelligence, about how to open up to others in a way that's beneficial for all. Judith, can you remind us how people can find out more about you and your books? Absolutely. We have two websites. One is called conversationalintelligence.com with some terrific resources and blogs. And the other is creatingwe.com, which talks a little bit more about our philosophy and Uh, case studies that people can really see what happens when we step into the world of conversational intelligence. It is powerful. And uh, we really encourage our listeners to visit the site and read the books. And of course, you can also access links to Judith's episodes by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 141. 
So this is the segment where we talk about the immediately useful ideas where people can take action. In this case, it's about how to open up to others in hard times in a way that's beneficial to all Mm -hmm. of us. What's an immediately useful thing to uh, do to make the decision to open up instead of shutting down? It's fascinating, but in the world of uh, conversational intelligence, we have learned through the research with well over 100 uh, neuroscientists and psychologists that one of the most important things that opens up the brain for high levels of connection and caring with another human being is to be transparent about something. Once you do that, the brain picks up, I can trust this person. It may sound really fascinating, but we are hardwired for trust and transparency, being open, not braggadocious, but being open and we feel it, um, opens up the prefrontal cortex and heart connection, which actually helps us access the part of our brain that has wisdom, integrity, sensitivity, strategy, uh, foresight, all the things that make us not only human, but sometimes superhuman. So transparency is the door to trust. Once that starts, we have other things that you do when you're building trust with people, but without transparency, people don't believe others. They think that they're hiding secrets. So we make the decision, how can we actually make it easier in our minds to make that decision? Yeah, because when you're going through something really hard, whether it's a an illness or some other calamity, many people have the natural reaction of, I don't want to face this. I don't want to talk about this. You know, I want it to go away. So how how can we trigger ourselves to say, nope, I'm going to make the other choice? I'm going to be transparent. Okay. I have two big things that I'm going to share, which I think will make a world of difference for everyone. First of all, you do have to make a decision. And knowing that the chemistry will go with you, it'll go with the flow. If you decide to be transparent, you have to know that it's going to open up the ability to have trust with that person, which if it's an important relationship, and most of ours are, that other human beings are actually, their bodies and their minds are waiting for someone to start the ball rolling in the direction of more intimacy and more sharing. Mm -hmm. Sharing, which is what we, part of level three conversations, where we share and discover without judgment is what human beings thrive on. It's vitamins for the brain. And so if you take the first step, Um, in that direction, you'll help activate or open up the heart connection and the brain connection that will build better trust and long-standing relationships with people. It's not an elephant in the room as you step into a closer relationship because what we need in the world are friends and partners to go on this long journey of success with us and Mm -hmm. without having people to share it. Your brain is not going to be activated to achieve it. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I think the reason for elephants is sometimes, you know, we, we don't want to think that other people notice. Right. And so, uh, you know, I know that this is happening with you. Something's happening. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we all know something's not right, but we don't want to talk about it. That's, yep. you know, that's yep. the elephant. You don't want to make it worse. Yeah. 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 yeah like what, what happens if the person just got divorced and then we have to sit and talk about divorce and, and console them? Well, there is a way to change people's chemistry. And I want to share this because it's so, so important. It's how one word could change everything. I have one word and then I have three words. The first word is we've learned that compassion for another human being is one of the most gracious things that you can do with others. And compassion means you realize that somebody's having a challenge, that elephant in the room, you could feel it from them, but you don't know what it is. And and you uh, you can say, um, you know, I can tell by the look on your face that something's going on for you. And I'm not, I don't want to pry. I don't, if you want to talk about it, then I want to let you know that I'm here for you and I'm here to support you. So how can I support you? Mm -hmm. And that phrase, how can I support you 
is magic. The word support it comes from the heart of caring. And that's going to take us into the next three words. But does that make sense that you're actually... That does. Yeah. And that really does. There, I have not yet met any person where I've used that phrase where they haven't taken a deep breath and said, thank you. So people are looking for someone to start the, uh, to open the door to talk about something that's on their mind. When we also talk with others, what helps people to become more transparent are three words. It's caring. And you mentioned that word, I believe, already. So yes, yeah. yeah, there's a, when we care, people feel it. And it's like your best friend. You, you identify that person with the label. Oh my God, they're my new best friend. So caring, courage, and candor. That's the transparency. That's the design mm-hmm. of what transparency is. When we care, we have courage to speak up and we do it with candor. Human beings feel those three words. And it's, it's again, like someone has changed the paradigm of my life and I can now be open and get help for the things that I haven't been able to even ask for because I didn't want people to think I was weak or mm-hmm. whatever the story is. You know, we want to hide our identity if it's not a good one. So there is certainly a difference between oversharing as the article in the Wall Street Journal was talking about and actually sharing and having a conversation that mm-hmm. uh, is meaningful, that is purposeful, that's caring, all mm-hmm. these things you're talking about. Judith, do you have any other final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with on this? We talk about introverts and extroverts and that extroverts sometimes can reach out more quickly and connect with others and um, introverts maybe take a little bit more time they think in their head. I want to supersede that with something. I just came back from Yale. Uh, we have a WeIQ TV program and I interviewed a neuroscientist who I've known for 12 years and she's studying eye contact. And she said it's the most amazing research. She was funded by China with equipment that ha- puts a cap on someone's head and they have two people subjects looking at each other in the eyes, watching what's changing in the brain when they're making eye contact. And in addition to the words that you use, it's the eye contact that expresses, I care about you. Not when your eyes twitch back and forth, for sure. Um, But when you look somebody in the eye, the chemistry that you activate is a chemistry of bonding and connection. And that releases the fear that people have about speaking up. So if people find obstacles beside the words that we talked about in priming yourself, it's how do you make contact with that person before you start the conversation? And that's looking them in the eye and saying to yourself, boy, do I care about this person? I want to be able to have a level three conversation, which is the open sharing and discovering without judgment. And I want to help. I want to be in support. If you combine them together, you have a way to enter the conversation in a completely different way with a completely different result. Judith? We care about you. And this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I just love coming because you ask such great questions. <laughs> Wonderful, Judith. Well, you give such great answers. And thank you so much. And thanks to all the people listening out there for joining us on Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, read Judith's bio, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 141. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about. How can I have conversations that are transparent and reveal more of myself as a human being in a way that's beneficial for all of us. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper 
are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.